Welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. I am one of your hosts, Kia, and I'm here with Amari and Janae. Oh my god, we did it right. Congratulations. Yeah, one last time. One last time. So (laughs) guys, um, sad, sad time for Sufficiently Black, aka so-called Oreos. Uh, this is our last episode. I know. I, I kind of want to put like a sound effect after this. Like, oh my a, God. Pe- like, like a ah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> yeah. So this is the last episode. We'll talk more about it during our discussion. But just want to mm-hmm. give that heads up. But you know, you guys can still like hang out with us. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen to our Instagram? But it's there. You can follow our personal Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. up with us there. Nothing happened in there. <laughs> I mean, here and there. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll post. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. You'll see lots of days if you follow us. All of awesome. us are active on one social media platform or another, and I'm sure we will put our ads in the description. And if you DM us, we will get to you eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, I'm more active on Twitter, but I check an IG here and there. Yeah. More often I'm, for like recommendations. I'm on IG. So yeah. And TikTok. We know you on TikTok, Janae. Who isn't on TikTok though? Besides Mari. I know. Besides Mari. I am on I am on TikTok, but I'd be like avoiding TikTok because I I know I'm like not there often enough. I'm like, I just know when I open this shit, it's gonna be like 80 messages from Kia and Janae. Of I don't even message you that much. I, I mean, maybe you don't, but I haven't been on that. I haven't now because you don't be. But I did see <laughs> things that said, why are Cutter opened your message? I was like, this is Omari. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I, I like, really I forget what I'm on. I'm like, my worst fear is like posting something on like the wrong account. And I'm like, this is why I should have a separate phone for this. Do you guys... Do you guys ever, like, I don't know, because I have Thrillist TikTok on my phone, too, and I'm kind of feeling like they really trust me with this shit because I have the TikTok account, I have the company card, I have um, production phones, gimbals. Yeah, they don't have an option, and I ain't gonna do shit, but still, like, sometimes I just have moments where I'm like, wow, I could really fuck shit up if I wanted to. I won't. You're like, what if I I went rogue? (laughs) Yeah, what if I went rogue? What if you I could. went rogue? I could, but I won't, but I could. I did that with Vice. I still use their New York Times description for like another three years. And then I locked them out of all the <laughs> documents. <laughs> but you're stupid enough to have me own all the documents. No, okay, that was that's, dumb. Some, that's something like I think about all the time with like in jobs in general. I'm like, yo, so many people be leaving jobs and not giving the other people access to things. And the I'm thing like, is, like, they never asked me. And then I would still get, you know how it's, like, text text um, the code to your phone? I would always get mm-hmm. that and just ignore it. <sighs> so I'm like, y'all are stupid. You linked it to my phone, too? Dumbass. Oh, my God. Well, that actually happened to us. There were layoffs at my company. And this is, you know, my job changed because of that. And we had to get into the TikTok and we couldn't. And it was just sending code. And I was like, I wonder whose phone is getting these codes. They don't that think I'm about that shit. They don't. No, companies don't. They don't. It's worrisome. I thought about that too once. I'm like, am I the only one with access to this right now? Like, girl, you might be. And if they let your ass go, 
you'll have the world in your hands for a second. I got the whole power to the people. Oh my god! Wow, throwback. (laughs) Just remind me of childhood. Um, Okay, so I wanted to vent about something one last time. One Uh, last time. mm, It's not one more time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but she said one last time. I know. She she riffing. (laughs) Okay, I love it. I love it. Um, I just want to complain. I feel like it's is it me or has. Maybe Janae, you know, since I'm already moved, but has like holiday stuff been extra hard in New York City this year? And when I say extra hard, I mean I was out of the city for like what two years because COVID, and then last year I didn't live here during winter time, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna do some holiday stuff because I haven't been here. And then I try like booking things and like looking up stuff, and I feel like everything is booked. And then when my for my birthday, I wanted to, like, do some holiday stuff. And everything was booked. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. And then I tried to go to Rolf's in New York City. Tell me why I went there, like, like 30 minutes after it opened. And there's a line, like, around the entire bar. And so, I'm like, what? <laughs> that's so funny. I actually, so I just did a holiday or filmed for a holiday-themed TikTok earlier this week and I was trying to get into Rolf's um to let them know that I was filming called them number disconnected emailing yeah, them their phone. DMing them no nothing and it's like all right y'all but it's fine because a lot of reviews said that their food was subpar anyway and that yeah. you really just go for the Christmas decoration so it's Not cool too. I found another place to go to so that's fine but Kia I will say Themed stuff in New York City for holidays has always been ass. Okay, maybe I just... But... You have to book way out. You have to book way out. But I will say that, like, I feel like things are harder in New York City than they ever have been. Okay, that's Every single solitary time I go out now, like, there are lines and there's a lot of waiting. And I'm like, I just don't remember things being this difficult. Because people didn't care about being cooped up in the house before because they could leave whenever. And now Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone's just trying to cram up that shit. And then also you have people who are traveling more. So it's just like, I feel like it's just a culmination created. I'm not in there. So I can't like relate. In LA, it's just like normal shit busy. Like, mm-hmm. like I've waited in a line. It wasn't that long, but it looked long uh, for like free plans. And I'm like, why everything got to be so hard? I thought it was just going to be like a few people. And it was like blocks of a line to get these plans. Oh, my God. And that's the thing that makes me so upset is that it just feels like before the littlest thing, it was easy. It was get in, get out. And now something's advertised and you're like. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be flooded, especially That's because of TikTok. Saying. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok is a search and Instagram. engine. Yeah. Yeah. And now anything that's like remotely on TikTok or a search engine, like this, the restaurant I wanted to do for my birthday, I actually thought about this last year because I saw it and it was a little more like low key. And I was like, oh, this would be cool to do for my birthday. It didn't work out because like the, the timing and stuff. But I was just like, and then I just saw it on this like popular Instagram thing. And I was like, well, I can never go here because it's going to be booked forever because it just hit this major account. Um, but I was just like, damn, I'm sick of shit being like, feeling like I have to do the Hunger Games to book like a fucking holiday bar. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe in the house. That's so why I don't, I don't have these. <laughs> Listen, that's once January hits, easy. <laughs> I'll be, I like to do like things where it's like, Okay, like some like 
fun stuff, but it's just like, damn, it's so hard. I don't even know if I want to do it. Because I, like, made the way from, like, Jersey City to to Rawls first. And then I saw that line. I was like, this this has got to be a joke. Like, because there was a reservation line and then a walk-in line. And, like, they allegedly cut off the lines, like, the phone lines. So you can't even make a reservation, like, once Thanksgiving hits. People in the comments were saying, like, oh, you have to make a res- reservation in August or September. And I was like, I don't think this is worth it. And apparently the drinks are, like, $30. I was no. like, no, I'm not waiting in the cold for hours just to see some lights. Y'all got me fucked up. So I went I to a lot of places. Wow. It reminds me of like the era of the Cronut, like in New York City. And like how, I don't know what the, I can't remember the bakery, like the name of the bakery, but literally woke up at like 5 a.m. to go to this bakery, wait in line for this fucking Cronut. And I'm like, this shit ain't even that memorable, but I'm a damn well take a pic and put it on. Oh, Instagram. you did it! You went. Oh my god, that's dedication. I mean, I went with friends, so it was like okay, like a fine. Thing. I didn't mind it, but I, the payoff was it. The payoff is never as good. I have never waited in a long ass line, and the payoff be worth it. Honestly, that's how everything feels in Manhattan nowadays. Everything that you do in Manhattan, it feels like you get there, you thought it was going to be chill, and then you're like, what the fuck? Why is there a line here? And then you're waiting in line, you do the thing, and it's like, oh, well. Um, And I also will blame this on the fact that before the pandemic, I lived in Brooklyn, and I just feel like Brooklyn's not like that. Um, But who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, shit, maybe next year I'll have to hibernate early because this shit is, it's like fun once I like do it. But even like Bryant Park, I went to Bryant Park and I went last year and it was fine. Like I, we just walk around, but this year it was just like so hard to like even fucking move. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is not even like fun at this point. Like I just left early because I was like, I want to go home. I just did that. And that's why I was saying I'm drained because I went to um, Rockefeller Center to see the tree. There's like crowds and crowds of people there. And at Saks, they have like this light show. And I'm like, it's a Monday. It's a Monday. Why is it like this? And I really, I really, I was expecting there to be a little bit of a crowd, but it is a Monday weeks before Christmas. I'm like, why is it like this? I couldn't even, like, I had to push through people. I'm like, I would expect this on a Saturday. Yeah, I went on Sunday. But on a Monday? I'm like, this is ridiculous. God damn. And it's a whole bunch of tourists. It's all tourists. I'm like, I'm doing this. It's all tourists. And I'm like, I'm just doing this for the video. I'm just doing this for the video. And it's so frustrating because tourists in New York City do not know how to move. They're not understanding. And they do not pay attention to shit. It's a whole bunch of families and their kids, people looking down at their phone. I was like, and that's why I'm like, tonight, I just need to chill because I'm stressed. Y'all talking reminds me of this, like, really specific episode when I used to listen to Amanda Seals' podcast where she talked about the t- the the point in time in which she realized she had to leave New York City. And w- <laughs> the way y'all are talking reminds Uh-oh. me of, of that. Just because she's like, I just reached a point where I could not take the difficulty of anything. And she's like, of everything. And she said there was, like, a specific time where she would, she was flying into the city and she could just like feel her chest getting tight and oh, she's just no. like yeah i need to leave um 
I love New York, but that's just one thing where it's like, Jesus. Yeah. It's never going to change. No, yeah. it's it's not. But I know, like, eventually I will get old enough where it's like, okay, I've had my time. It was fun. And, like, I love this for my 20s. But probably when I hit 30, it might be time to bounce <laughs> just out of the general area. I don't know. Yeah. I battle it all the time. All the time. Because it's like, this is just not a place to live long term unless you're rich. Like, I was at a hotel on the Upper East Side, and I was talking to Kia about this today, how nice it was to just walk outside in this rich neighborhood, two minutes away from the train, hop on the train, and then go downtown to my office, get off the train, walk another two minutes, and be in my office. But the reality of doing that, I was looking at rent in that area, and you can't even buy a roach-infested $2,000 apartment if, if you wanted to in that area. It's impossible. And I'm just like, it's so expensive to live here. It's so crowded and cramped. But I'm like, I would have to literally like just go out on my own to move somewhere else. I don't even have a man to be like the reason why I move somewhere else. If I had a dude, I'd be like, bitch, I'm out. But I ain't got no reason. If I move somewhere else, I'm going to be alone and have to rebuild my entire life. Nah, I don't want to do that. You can put your tender to like Houston and then oh. try to find a dude there. Maybe I should do that. I plan on starting dating after the holiday season again. So maybe I'll try that. I'm just saying, there's there's always an option. Are you guys yeah. ready for this week in Black History? Let's do it. Okay, this week in Black History. Okay, two things. Um, actually, I'm going to start with the second one first. So December 12th, 1975, the National Association of Black Journalists was founded in Washington, D.C. by 44 journalists. The NABJ's stated purpose is to provide quality programs and services to and advocate on behalf of black journalists. It is the largest organization of journalists of color in the United States. Um, I just brought that up because it was relevant to this podcast. Um Wait, aren't you guys in NABJ or no? Okay, tonight. I, I, know I should was. be. I am. Every <laughs> year I'm like, Amari, do it. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay the fees. <laughs> yeah, this summer I'm going to a conference. Those conferences are great, honestly. Yeah, I've always heard great things. I went to join, but I'm, I'm not a journalist. I, I was... You work in radio. That's that's true. I could do it. You could. Yeah. You definitely could. Let me get some fees paid. Um, and the second one is December 16th, 1859. The last slave ship, uh, the Clotilde, wow, I should, I should know this, Clotilde, landed shipment of slaves at Mobile Bay, Alabama, and that is relevant because there is a movie about this called, uh, The Descendants on Netflix, and fun fact, it is about my family, and they are in the movie, because they are descendants of the last slave ship in Mobile, Alabama, which is where my grandmother is from. The Swintons. What? Yeah, check it out. Wow. That's a, that's, you know, Kia, you're really actually lucky to be knowing you could that like, I mean, granted, like in the grand scheme of blackness, like black people in America, like our history is fraught. But like to be able to like pinpoint that, that's pretty yeah. cool. I think it's the family by marriage. So technically, I don't think it's like my direct line, but it is like my grandmother's side 
and my family that I know in Alabama because all my family in Alabama is in Mobile. So it's been fun to see them post on like Facebook about them being in the movie and I think it like won an award at Sundance and they're really excited about it. So that's been fun to witness some history. Um, and then I was like, wow, what a coincidence. It lines up in, in this uh, last episode. And I'll be going to Alabama in fall 2023 to see them. So, yeah. Nice. Well, things I saw on the internet... Uh, I haven't been on the internet that, that much, but I was loving everyone hyping up Kiki Palmer for her big pregnancy reveal during SNL. My dumbass was really like, wait, is it real? Like, is that really her belly? I couldn't believe it. Um, so I just thought that was exciting. And I don't remember like feeling that much joy from a baby reveal since Beyonce at the VMAs. So I feel like that's like a pretty big thing. And then I had an existential crisis because I'm like, Kiki Palmer's 29 and she's not that much older than me and she's having oh a baby. God, she's <laughs> oh, she's only 29? Yeah. I think she was older. But then I'm like, 29 is like not that like odd of an age to have a baby. Exactly. It's so weird. We're getting old. I'm turning 29 in a month. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I didn't think she, I didn't even know she was dating that guy. I don't know. She yeah, they've been together for for a bit now. The last time I heard about her being in a relationship, she was with a white with man. White man. So He's, when I, I when thought. when I saw the pregnancy announcement, I was like, "Is it with the white man?" Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "She wouldn't do I that." Like... <laughs> I don't know. I just thought she wouldn't. I don't know. You guys didn't think that. I'm like, she's definitely not going to get pregnant by a white dude. <laughs> I'm not mean, saying there's anything bad, but I just didn't think that was for her. No, I mean, but what's I don't know. What's interesting is that my sister was telling me that her boyfriend is the brother of the actor that, that played. Dro. Dro. Yeah. yeah, and I was low key like, I I don't like Dro, and so I was like, mm, I don't know about him. But then I had to remind myself he's a character. Nah, he was doing some weird shit outside of the show. He got the other girl pregnant from Insecure. Oh yes, the one with Lawrence, Tasha. right? Yeah, yeah. They actually okay. have a child together. You yeah, right. okay, maybe maybe that, maybe, maybe that's why I was like, mm. yeah, Joe from Insecure has a a whole ass baby with uh Tasha. Oh wow, that's crazy. I had no clue. I had mm-hmm. no clue. I think she's anyway, on TikTok telling him about it or something. That's crazy. I had no clue. Oh, he's six eight. Yeah, he's, which one, Joe or brother? Joe's six. Yeah, he he tall. Oh, I didn't realize he was that tall. Fuck. Yeah, he's, he's like, wait, maybe I like him now. <laughs> he's cute, but he looks like he'll fuck up your whole life. I don't find him attractive at all, so I feel like that was like, I was like, why am Molly drooling over this man? I just remember, I just remember <laughs> that like when he was on the show, he had all these press runs and he was on all of these podcasts that I listened to. And I was like, the world really is drooling over this man. This was in like 2018. Like peak 2018, I'm listening to like horrible decisions and he's on the podcast talking about having sex and doing all these things. And I'm like, wow, I think he, I don't, I mean, if he came up to me and was like, date me, would I be like, no, probably not. But I don't think he's like that attractive either. Bitch, I think once you see the 6A, I think that really does do it for a lot of people. That's exactly why I just said if he came up to me, I wouldn't be like, no, if if a man is 6A, it makes me feel petite. That's several points added. He's like, bend, I'm looking at his Instagram. He's like bending down not to hit his head from the ceiling. 
And, you know, sometimes when I see ridiculously tall men, I'm like, don't you want to be with a tall woman? Don't you want I think that too, Janae, actually. Because it's easier for you. I was with a tall man, not really recently. This was months ago at this point. He was 6'5". And we were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I prefer to be with tall women. Like, I don't want to go through my life hurting my neck. It's easier to be with a taller woman. I prefer taller women. They can just lift you up and kiss you. Off your shirt, though. Mm. That seems like a lot of work. That's a lot of work. No, it is. It is. I don't. But but just like I feel like just like how you like to feel, you know, petite with a with a tall man. I feel like there's a lot of tall guys out there who like to feel big and dominant, big and protective. And yeah, like I can. Yeah, you know. I feel like that's men in general. There, it definitely goes both ways. Where like women want to feel small and men want to feel big mm-hmm. wait how tall is your man amari he's like six feet oh okay so he's like five inches taller than me why did i imagine him as taller i thought he was like six two it's because he's it's because he's lengthy like he's like slim and tall so it adds you like and him little... you and mm-hmm. him come off as taller than you really are both of y'all I can't uh-huh. tell him. I'll be like, Janae says e, you have tall boy energy too. He's like, No, he does. Tall. He has tall boy energy. He does. He does. Indeed, he does. He does. Um, okay, you guys want to talk about this discussion? Sure. Yeah. Let's get into it. Get into well, it. as we mentioned, this is the finale of Sufficiently Black. If you guys have been with us since the beginning, you know that this used to be called So Called Warriors. Then we switch it to Sufficiently Black. So we're just going to recap the entire, you know, podcast. We've been on this journey, I want to say, for about, what is it, four years? Three we and a half, what, four? Tw- 2019, I think, officially. But Official we started talking about it in, like, 2018. Yeah, so that's, like, that's like four and a half years since we started, I think. Don't you know I can't that. do math. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you know <laughs> we're in media for a reason. <laughs> May 2019. Someone's figured it out. I don't know. Um, but here we are now. So we're just going to recap. I, I know we briefly discussed among ourselves, like our thoughts have changed on certain topics. So we just want to recap that with you guys. So first question I have for you two is what are your thoughts on the term Oreo now? Oh, I mean, I feel like my thoughts have pretty much like, I mean, granted, I have evolved since we started, but like my thoughts are pretty much the same. I think Lyft term has like always rubbed me the wrong way. So I don't necessarily know that like my views have changed. I don't know. I can hop in. Uh, my thoughts on the term. Ohio. Um, I think it carries a lot of weight for a specific group of people. I think it's a very niche topic, which is why I think we were really like, you know, so-called Oreos is perfect for us because not a lot of black people experience what we've experienced and have experienced being called an Oreo. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if that's a clear cut answer, but I think it's a term that carries a lot of weight and it sucks to be called it. But also, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it sucks to be called that, especially growing up. That affected me more because you're just growing up in a very white space and you, you know, have identity issues most of the time if you have that. So I think it's more of an insult. But I do think like after doing this podcast and 
in my 20s I'm seeing more of like a TikTok thing where it feels more so like empowering almost like changing the narrative of that word like it almost feels like oh every, like I'm being seen now like even after doing this podcast people being like oh I feel seen or like having things come up on your for you page and it's very like I feel seen I will say that some things annoy me just not about the term but I think like especially on TikTok no like people who like a lot of black men who grew up in white spaces they'll like use that as an excuse to like not excuse but like be like well I just never have the opportunity to date black women or I just choose white women because that's who I'm around and I just it comes off a little bit as like a victim where I just feel like when you talk to more black women who grew up in that space they're still very much choosing black men or at least other people of color or at least have experienced something with a black man or pursued that I just feel like black men who grew up in that space are very much like well this is all I you know know and also I feel like that's not even true because like I think about the black men I went to school with and a lot of them were still choosing white girls when they did have options so just like I don't really like that narrative but that's just my terms on that I will say that as an adult, the term the term Oreo for sure hits different than it did when I was younger. As an adult, it's kind of like if someone were to call me an Oreo now, for me, it would be more so like, let's unpack why you think black people have to be a certain way. Yeah. It's not necessarily like, oh, you're judging my identity. I'm not black enough. Huh? It's just like, you're a fucking idiot. And let's discuss why you feel this way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think like this podcast and just like growing up and, you know, stepping into your own has really helped me uh, kind of like let's reclaim the term or just like have less anger towards like the experience of it. Um, just because I can look back and be like, damn, people are really dumb and just ignorant. And it says more them using it says more about them than them using it on me. So I definitely do think that has like helped in like Kia when you're talking about like people being feeling seen I think it was just like oh like I feel acknowledged and understood in this common experience with these with this group of people and I think like it's definitely been healing so I don't like when people use the term Oreo like you said Janae it's not like I don't feel any anger I just don't have a reaction anymore just because I understand I have a better understanding I don't think anyone said that to me post-college so if they did I mean it's not that weird experience we talked about with advice the guy didn't call me Oreo he was just being really fucked up but I was yeah. just even looking at him like bro you're weird like that's really my reaction like you're yeah. in some weirdo shit honestly and nowadays I don't feel like people necessarily use the term Oreo but people will say things that kind of reference it like the guy advice pointing you out and saying you look like you only date white guys He's calling you an Oreo, but he's just not calling you an Oreo. You know what I mean? And I feel like nowadays, even when you do have experiences with people and they're like, you seem like you're this type of black person or you're this type of black person. For me, it's more so why don't we unpack why you think that? Yeah. Luckily, I haven't had too many experiences with with that recently. Mm -hmm. But um, okay, next question has this podcast changed your perception on certain topics? And this could be um, any topic we've talked about on the show or just like in general. I I, I honestly had trouble with this one because I don't know if, and I don't know if this is anything about me. I don't necessarily know if my views have like switched that much, but I feel like I the show made me like reevaluate my views on 
like blackness in general I think like if it makes sense in that um I felt like for so long I felt I had to defend my blackness and then once I stepped into it I noticed myself then questioning and judging other people's blackness sometimes very much unfairly and I think the podcast helped me take a step back um and kind of navigating the complexity of blackness with more grace and understanding and I think that's something I'm really thankful for because I'm like bitch you don't have like you didn't create the playbook for blackness why are you judging other people I mean I will say I will judge certain people who are like anti-black homophobic colorist like all those things like that has not changed about me um but I think I in talking to more people and having discussions with like us and like you know Rachel who originally was with uh, was a part of the uh I was about to say cast we're not a cast I don't know we're the group um it just made me have a better understanding of other people's views. That's a that's a huge thing. I I feel like, um, now that you say that, I feel like I, I feel similar. Like, I feel like there's sometimes where I've caught myself being like, "Bro, you need to stop that," because you wouldn't like if someone said that to you or thought that of you. Um, but I do agree. There's certain people where I'm I'm still gonna be like, uh, like a Herschel Walker. I'm still gonna be a little iffy you know Legit, when i was writing up notes <laughs> I, that's the person that came to my mind i'm like no i'm still gonna come after him. <laughs> yeah like if he's giving herschel walker vibes or his weird ass son or whoever like uh it's it's gonna be a little you're, you're a little odd but um for the most part if you're a general good person i'm not gonna like straight up judge you that's not true i'll try not to i'm gonna reframe that I think it actually did change my perceptions on thing. Oh, we didn't. I think maybe this is because we've talked about this on the show, and maybe this is just my life. But like monetizing your hobbies, I feel like is something we've talked about. And obviously, this is my hobby. Now I podcast full time, and I, I do think it's a little harder to enjoy your hobbies when you're doing it eight hours a day. Not even eight hours a day, but just like when there's so much that comes into play with your job you know it's like your coworkers, the clients all stuff that kind of almost taints it for you and I don't want to get the wrong impression because I do still very much love what I do in my job but I did realize like after you know I felt like society puts a pressure on you to monetize everything because it's like that's the key to happiness find something you like and monetize it but I realized that like every time I was monetizing something it, it just took less fun out of it like even doing Pilates, like, doing a, like, getting certified in that. Like, I love teaching it, but I teach it for free because it's, like, it's more fun that way. Or, like, I don't feel the pressure of that. Um, so now I'm, I'm a little more sacred about, like, you know, maybe there's certain things that I have that just, it doesn't have to be a market for that. Um, what else did I say? Taking breaks, I will say, maybe that's come with age because we started this show, I think, what was I, 24? Now that I'm older, I'm like, fuck, I need a break all the time. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm old. Um, and I feel like at 24, I could go, go, go. But I I will say, like, this podcast, especially, I feel like Amari, I mean, you're very opposite with that, where Amari is usually like, let's like- take a break. And I, no, I appreciate that. I'm saying that I appreciate that because I feel like if you didn't say that, I'd probably be like, let's go forever and, like, probably no, just die. Like, bring here to the <laughs> bring here to this side. If there's one thing I need to do, it's a bring. So I'm Listen. glad. No. I think it's something I, like, admired because I was just, like, 
I don't think that's something I had in me. So like watching you do that, like I adm- I admired it. But I was like, bitch, I need a break. No, like I, yeah, I think like listen. There's one thing about me. Sometimes I'm not tough for all the time. Eventually, I'll get there. Just give me a couple years. I'll get there. It'll take me some time. But yeah, that's one thing. I was like, oof, wow. Yeah, breaks breaks are kind of nice. <laughs> just because. Because I just never did it. Um, I think also with this podcast, just thinking like people don't think think the same way we do. I think that also comes with age where it's like, to me, I'm like, this just makes sense. And then I realize like, oh, wait, not everyone has this brain that I have. So it doesn't make sense. And that's okay. Just accepting that that doesn't make sense. Um, and I will say one another thing I learned more about on this podcast is like the diaspora of black people. And I think, like, I think I mentioned this on the show, but, like, growing up, I just kind of was, like, okay, everyone's black and just assumed, like, you know, everyone black in America has, like, a similar roots. Like, when I say that, I mean, like, slavery in America and, like, their families from the South and all that stuff. And it wasn't until doing this podcast where I started to learn more about, like, Afro-Latinos or, like, Caribbean people or, like, why Africans think differently than black Americans um, and how we're it's still very much a topic that I guess not a lot of black people know, but no one's really teaching them either. So it's it's just been interesting to witness and see that. But that's all for um, me. I can share next. I will say hopping back in, Amari, Kia, the both of you, I appreciate you both for exactly what you guys are talking about. Kia, your drive is like no other. It's like no, like I, I don't know many people with the amount of drive and work ethic that you have. I oh my really God, that's don't. so nice. Thank I you. I really don't. This bitch is up at midnight, like <laughs> I, working, I heart. working, and I'm like, <laughs> sweetie, nor babes. And Amari, the way that you can put down a boundary, Amari, the way you can put down a boundary, Amari said, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to. And that's not period. Yo, years of therapy. My therapist from five years ago would be so proud of that statement right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. Um, but perception on certain topics, I think just in general, something that juices me up and something that I love and I think why I've chosen like being a journalist is because I'm curious about things, very curious Um, And I think this podcast has really allowed us to be curious and ask questions from people and from each other that we are curious about. Um, And I think a lot of things when it comes to blackness and how blackness shows up in different people, like I thought that blackness, kind of what you said, Kia, I thought that blackness showed up in some ways, like when you were saying in the diaspora, but doing this podcast kind of made me realize that like it shows up in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. We're really not a monolith. And I know everyone says that, but then doing this podcast, you kind of realize talking to a lot of different black people that we really ain't, y'all, we really ain't. Um, And then on more of the work side of doing a podcast, there is like this rise and grind, always have a side hustle work culture that was like such a big thing when we started this podcast. 
it's like the knowledge of you have to have a side hustle. You should have a side hustle. You should be doing the things. And then realizing how much work goes into that and how much you have to devote to that on top of having a full-time job and a social life and a family. Like, it just seems really glamorous having a side hustle and being like, I have a podcast and I do this and I do that. But the reality of that is not as glamorous as it sounds. So, yeah. No, 100%. Being exhausted all the time is not glamorous, people. It's not, and it's not good for you either. And then growing up, and I think the social narrative around this is really shifting, right? So we can definitely, like, give some credit to that. But the idea that this whole rise and grind culture is really just, like, a capitalist tool. Like, this country does well if they pump everyone full of bullshit to think that having a side hustle and a job is what you need to be doing to stay relevant. Like, we're playing right into this government's hand. Absolutely. Doing that. I can't and wait like, till that, like, ends. I know. And it's like, if I'm tired, I should sit the fuck down. But I think it also sucks because you have to, like, when we talked about this today, like, everything is so expensive. I almost feel like you... Sometimes people have to do that, and it, that sucks yeah. too because it's like, fuck, everything is – like, why am I paying $2,000 for this apartment? Like, it's just like – like, I love this apartment. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, that's a lot of fucking money. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of money, and I just feel like it's just yeah, so – Is it two-bedroom? No! It's not. And they're starting prices 2300 right now in this apartment. See, L.A. might not actually be that much more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, granted, it's bigger than your average one bedroom. I'm not going to lie, which is yeah, why I chose big. it. But it's still like, fuck me. Like, th- this is so much money. Living is expensive. And it's only getting and this more is... expensive. Right. Yeah. Um. Should... Yeah. <laughs> should we move on to favorite episode? <laughs> Whose name is actually Oreo? <laughs> really? I've met a few Oreo dogs before. They're yeah, cute. I feel like it's a popular thing. Let's see if he wants to call. Especially if they're like mixed with black and white in their coat. I'm gonna show you guys it. He's black and white. Oh, oh my god, that literally looks like the Oreo I was talking about. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Well, His name is Oreo. He could have been our mascot. I know, right? Came too late. Should have came earlier, Oreo. He's a cutie. He's a cutie patootie. Um, um next question oh favorite episode i'm gonna go first (laughs) i'm gonna go first um my top favorite i have four top favorites um the astrology episode with meckers mecca sorry um our sex worker episode um our matchmaker episode and the episode with um jasmine my sister I feel like your favorites say so much about you because all of your favorite episodes featured guests. And I think that feeds into like the idea of like curiosity and talking to people. Yeah. And also talking about love, sex, astrology, mm-hmm. and talking shit with my sister. That's educational go. too. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that's me in a nutshell. They're all things that I'm very curious about. So, yeah. Yeah. Very fitting. Um, mine were um, so you've been told you like white people music. I thought that was a really fun episode. 
Um, so you have amazing female black friends because I feel like we were all like mushy gushy in that episode and it was like very cathartic. Um, and so what does generational wealth mean to the black community uh, with Calvin Williams? I thought that was a really insightful one. Uh, was really motivational and Calvin is also like a joy to talk to. And he's hot too. But that episode was, <laughs> that episode was really good. Uh, I think I when I first did this, I had like 10 episodes and I was like, shit, let me cut some down. So. Yeah, you gotta cut that shit. I mean, granted, I did say, and and I was like, that's just to name a few, because yeah. honestly, I was looking through the whole roster of the first season, and I was like, every shit, every episode hit. Like We had some hitters. We had some hit. hitters. We had some hitters. Yeah, had some for hitters. sure. For sure. Um, I, I think originally Amazing Black Friends was on mine, um, but my favorites, um, actually the two with Jasmine. Because I think Jasmine is so smart and so funny. Um, so the black teacher one. And, oh, Cam Minorities Be Racist. That those are two. Oh, yeah. that was Forgot cool. about that episode. We yeah. talked so good. We did. We that did. was so great. Jas- I think Jasmine's amazing. Um, then actually Transracial Adoptee featuring your friend Sarah. I thought that was such so eye-opening and such a good conversation. Um, dating tips from a professional matchmaker featuring Jasmine Diaz, um, uh, Black People in Astrology, Mecca Woods, uh, So You Want to Manifest Your Dreams with Kimberly Cummings, Black People in Voting. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so I love that episode. And last one I had was Platonic Soulmate. I was also considering Platonic Soulmate, but I'm like, that low-key just might be too similar to Amazing People. Yeah, they're, so they're I, was, I was like, I'll swap them out. <laughs> We love them. And didn't we have we have two body image episodes too, right? Yeah, I think we do. I think those were during the. I think it was first and second season. Yeah, I mean it's still very relevant. We're always going to deal with body image issues because we're black women in America, so it's always going to be relevant. But yeah, shit. I honestly, maybe I'll go back through the archives and re-listen to like older episodes. I haven't done that in a while. Mm -hmm. I and I feel like it would be very interesting to to listen back to our old stuff and I feel like compare. I'm gonna cringe I feel like I'm gonna oh I know I'm gonna cringe really I don't even wanna hear it because oh, sometimes geez. my voice is a little annoying it's a little nasally and sometimes I have takes that I think are hot and they're just dumb they're just <laughs> isn't they're that just everyone dumb. though I'm sure yeah, I've been, I'm right. sure I've said some stupid ass shit we were also like 24 <laughs> 25 though so right. like, don't you're so right it's like don't hold me, this against us we've grown <laughs> give me advice at 24 <laughs> yo the the Janae Janae at 24 and Janae at 28 not the same girl not yeah. the same girl at yo, all my favorite is like listening back to us talk about like love and relationships on oh this God, shit, and I'm like, y'all, we were going in on people. <laughs> we we were. Yeah, I feel like I'm we were sure saying, I always I mean, do. Yeah, I was like, we were going in. Granted, we're still going in on people, but like from a different perspective. And we're, I feel like we're, were we saying smart stuff though. Uh, <laughs> I feel like no. it, I feel like it was a mixture of smartness and just like complaining about the shitty dating scene oh, okay. in cities which well, is like shitty. understandable because it's yeah like it's shitty yeah wait okay. can i vent real quick kia i already told you this but amari and podcast listeners so there is this um like dating collective it's called we meet irl 
And I have been trying to get tickets. It's it's blind dating, and it is specifically for people of color. They were written about in the New York Times. They've got their shit together. I have been trying to get a ticket for them for a really long time, but half of it has been my fault. Honestly, I'll set an alarm, or you know, they they're, they always drop on their Instagram story saying, "Oh, tickets are going on sale on X, Y, and Z day at X, Y, and Z time." And nine times out of 10, I get busy. I go back to buy tickets a day later and the tickets are sold out. And I'm like, all right, my bad. Tickets are sold out after a day. Last week, they were having an event. They're having an event in two weeks. And I was like, I'm going to get tickets this time. I'm setting two alarms. I'm ready to go. I've got my information in Eventbrite. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Tell me why. Get in there to buy tickets. They sell out within a minute. One minute, one minute. Getting Beyonce tickets is easier than getting tickets to this black blind dating thing. Yeah, because people want love. And as you're talking, like, love is capitalistic. Oh, it is. It really is. Jesus. And it's painful. It's so painful. Mm -hmm. Anyway... But that shit does sound fun. Like, that's something I would do if I was, like, I would love to go to a event like that if I were single. Exactly. And I'm even, like, more so than meeting men because, to be honest with you, we know that men in our community don't necessarily do these kind of activities, right? We know that. So I was going into this, like, I can meet some dope black women because I really do want to grow my network of black women. I've been feeling a lack of community lately, especially living in Jersey. So I'm going into this, like, I can meet more dope black women. And through those more dope black women, I can maybe make other connections. And it just all got shot to hell. I felt rejected the same way you feel rejected when you look for a therapist. The same way. I'm like, yeah, damn. Don't say that. That's actually really like it's true though. When you when you put time and research into finding a therapist, and then you find out they're not in network. Yeah. They don't take insurance. Yeah. I'm like, or how you black a therapist and not taking insurance to charge you people two hundred dollars? That ain't for the community. That ain't for the community. Listen, or not everyone's for the community. Or everything yeah. lines up, but they're full. Yes, it's like I'm not accepting new patients. Ugh. I'm like, wow. Y'all know how hard it is to find a black therapist. It's so hard to find a black therapist. I don't even have one. I love my girl. Oh, she not black? No, she's Asian. That's why you just got to do some research and some podcasting. I did so <laughs> much. Re- I tried so hard. I tried so No, I so meant hard. like not for a therapist. I meant like, oh. you know, there's other ways to do therapy. Like <clears throat> if it's hard, but, you know, working on yourself and stuff like that. But Yeah. What are you saying? Listen to a listen to a podcast. Is like, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying if you can't find a therapist do, doing the work to like listen to like no, therapists for public, black girls, gotta find a. Like, if you a can't afford it, I'm giving people alternatives. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, maybe find like a public like counseling group because you know they have those things. Like I feel like I, I, I maybe that, that too. I'm saying, you know, there's a lot of podcasts. Oh, me and Janine were talking about this tonight, how, like, dating podcasts, like, it's always from the people that shouldn't be in relationships. But I'm saying if you actually get a licensed therapist who's hosted, like, that could... Sometimes they have, like, journaling props and stuff that can help you. I'm just giving okay. people You know, let me not shit... Let, you know, yes, let me not shit on your... On you trying to <laughs> legit actually help people find alternatives. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying just stick around and watch YouTube. That's all I'm trying to say. Yo, it was funny, because someone said... I, I saw a real today and it was like something about oh point of view like 
when you thought you needed therapy, but really all you needed was like a new set of like box braids. And I'm like, bitch, do what? not put this. I was like, do not put this out because no. people are really gonna think that getting a new hairstyle is equivalent to therapy. And I'm like, that's, you may look good, but no you still got those issues. Yeah, no, that no. makes no sense. That's terrible. Sorry, babe. Wow, that's terrible. No. Um. So, what is your guys' favorite moment from this podcast? Oh no! Don't let me go first. I have to I think. Was, okay, I Easy. saw the outline. <laughs> Easy. I loved the beginning times when we would like. In retrospect, I love the beginning times because in in the in the beginning, I was like, "Damn, I gotta go on the subway to go to this uh uh studio that may or may not be in the basement of like a coffee shop." <laughs> I mean, like, in the back corner, and it's all fucking dark, and you're like, are we about to get murdered? Nah, that shit was fun, though. I really liked doing in-person recordings, and my favorite was, like, afterwards when we would, like, either choose to get a drink or, like, get food, and we would just essentially continue our conversation from the recording. I really did enjoy that. And it gave me, like, something fun to look forward to after work or, like, on the weekends. That's so true. We were recording, and, like, this is when podcasting was newer, so there wasn't really a lot of options in the city, and now people are getting more ridiculous with pricing, if you ask me. Um, but we would, <laughs> I think we would travel, like, every borough to find a place. We were in Queens one time, yeah, Brooklyn we another time. One place smelled like actu- absolute, like, human urine. What was that place? One oh place smelled like... Oh, it was yeah. like a staircase, right? Oh, and my... Like, that was like, no way someone to clean pissed that. And someone pissed there in the staircase. I don't know, but it was pee. It was definitely pee. But those were fun times, like, seeing people in person and... It's, it's just, everything's better in person. Wasn't there one work. time we recorded a whole fucking episode and then, like, there was something wrong with the audio when we got it delivered? Yeah, we I think like, so. Oh, yeah. And they're like, you can come back in and re-record. And we're like, yeah, re-record? Yeah. God, this is before Riverside times. I'm going to mm-hmm. piggyback and say that those are my favorite times, too. Because there was just always something. If There was always something. There was always something. And it was just so funny, yet so uncomfortable and so awkward, but yet so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a yeah. good time. It was a good time. I did not put a – I put more of, like, a moment that happened to the podcast. I was talking about Francesca Ramsey when she highlighted us randomly on Amazon Podcasts. That was so cool to me because um, she was just like, listen, to Sufficiently Black for Black History Month. I was like, oh, She's no. looking for an assistant now. And did I you saw see that, other- that TikTok that went viral with her? Is it recent? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. She made a TikTok about how this white woman was asking her. You guys didn't see this white woman's asking her at her job. Can she get an inward pass? And she's like, I'm trying to. Oh, my God. Wait, I did (laughs) see that. I did see that. I did not see that. So basically, she was like, this white coworker is like, oh, I'm going to tell you a story, but I need an inward pass. And And Francesca's like, what the fuck? And so she's like, no, that makes me uncomfortable. You're not getting an inward pass. And the girl's like, oh, but he gave me an inward pass. Like, literally, like, saying that. And then um, the girl put her for a reference, like, a couple years later. And Francesca was like, no, this girl is, like, low-key racist. And, yeah, she went, like, viral. And, of course, white people were like, why, why wouldn't you give her a reference? Shut the fuck up. That's why. I- I'm I'm upset at the term N-word pass. Yeah. Like, is this a game? No, she literally said it, like, N-word pass. Like, I need one. Give me it. Hand me one. Like- it's not a card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's so insane because once again, I feel like there are social times for things. And like in 2008, I feel like white people were saying dumb shit like that in 2008. But like in our Lord's year of 2022, someone saying something that ridiculous. Oh, I will never be surprised by like the year and still the ridiculous shit that people are saying and is happening. Like. It took women more than 70 years of organizing, lobbying, and fighting to secure the right to vote. We think we know the story of suffrage, Susan B. Anthony, Seneca Falls, but in Georgia, the battle was waged under the guise of polite society. They were tasked to uphold ideas like modesty, beauty, grace, charm, and submission. Most folks don't see a tea party as political, like an actual afternoon tea, but they're going to discuss politics. The suffragists refused to condemn lynching, which seems like a no-brainer. Like, I mean, come on, y'all, but no. It was a time of great change. Women were getting jobs and offices and factories, and they wanted protection and representation. Let us remember that in Georgia, everyone can vote except aliens, criminals, children, insane, illiterate Negroes, your mother, and your wife. It is by far the greatest danger that has threatened the South since the days of scalawag and carpetbag rule in Reconstruction times. When the evil comes, it will be too late to regret it. The 19th Amendment gave women the right to vote in 1920, but it took two more years for all Georgia women to get that right, and many decades for the state to officially recognize it. Why? Shame is the woman tells the true story of Georgia suffragists and their opponents. And we look at how that fight, more than a century ago, still echoes today. Shame is the Woman from Mercer University's Center for Collaborative Journalism launches December 1st. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, also a moment that was pretty cool when Amari made that TikTok about Paramore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paramore needs to make my life and fucking reshare that shit. Yeah, seriously. It did get over 1 million views. It did. did. Didn't Matthew Cherry follow us too? Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah, on Twitter. That was, that was a yeah. good moment, too. We're connected to so many famous people. So I know, right? Remember, famous people. Remember what that happened? We're like, oh, my God, Matthew Cherry's going to figure out a way to give us a TV show. I know. Listen, it could still happen. He we might need some. Spun out. We were like, how do we message him? It has to be now. It has to be this time. We have to say this. Oh, my Aww, God. so cute. Girl. I remember this. But you know what? I will say, I will say that we have climbed to some amazingly powerful positions and have met amazing people because of who we are as people and because of this podcast. Like, we've done some great things. And our networks are crazy. The people that we know. It's true, though. Aw. Well, that brings us to expectations versus reality. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this was easy for me because I literally had, like, zero expectations going into this. Janae was like, you want to do it? I'm like, sure. 
talk with my friends, potentially maybe get some money if we can. And then, like, midway through, I was like, no, we need to monetize. Like, we can, this is so big. Like, we need to go on college tours. Once you're putting hours of work into it, how can you not? You know what I'm saying? I was like, we're going to make it big. We're going to get book deals. And then afterwards, I'm like. We almost got a book deal, though. Oh, Oh, my God. Remember that book deal thing? We were in turmoil. Actual turmoil. We could have been in your local BJ's (laughs) in the book bin. Where we don't even own the rights to the freaking book in the first place. I love how your dad was like, yeah, nah, I don't think you should do this. Yeah, no, my parents are like, nah, that's dumb. You don't own the rights to it. And I was like, how am I going to tell them that I don't want to do it? It's going to break up the podcast. I was stressed. Oh, my God. Were you really that stressed? Oh, my God. I was stressed. I was shaking going into the meeting because I was like, everyone's going to hate me. I was like, I went for a walk around the block. I was like half crying talking to my parents. I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, what if it's a scam? Okay, maybe it's not a scam. But also, if we don't own the rights to the book, like what's going to happen? Kia really wants it. She's going to kill me. She's going to hate me. Amari is like has always wanted to be like a super duper published author and this could be her chance she's gonna hate me who knows I literally about was Rachel like, but anyway I was like whatever they I don't think Rachel was there at this point but I was like whatever they whatever they want to do <laughs> that was my mindset I didn't I was feel like, like I was like this is cool but I was like eh. I think I, 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 you guys had reservations so I was like yeah eh. I do, remember like Jan- I do remember Janae coming into the meeting and being like a little bit like, like I'm I was to, like, shaking and I'm like, yeah, we don't have to do it. Also, like the when they were like the outline and the amount of work, I'm like, I'm tired already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that was cool. But I remember being like, huh. I was stressed. I was like, this is going to break up the band. They're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I was stressed. I was stressed. I was stressed. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. We got off. Guys, in case you didn't realize, we got offered a book deal. And then we talked it over, and the book deal was kind of janky, and I was unsure about it. And yeah. Yeah. Just do your research, because I think we Listen, we did do our research. Look at that. Yeah, you know, and did. sometimes ask your parents because they do know know best most of the time. They know things. Yeah. They know a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. My expectations was like big, 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 as everyone knew. Uh, <laughs> like monetized <laughs> fast, <laughs> bigger, larger. You know, that's who I am. <laughs> um, but the reality was like I think, especially working now at iHeart, I think just seeing the amount of resources that a large company has for podcasting will never, ever, ever compare to an independent podcaster. And I respect independent podcasters even more than I did before. Just seeing, like, working on the corporate side as well. But, like, I used to be, like, so hard on myself. But then when I see the amount of resources and people that people have on a podcast, like, it's just not even close to being attainable. And that's not to discourage anyone that wants to do podcasts or anything. It's just, like, corporate will always have more. You know what I'm saying? It's like you try to make a Super Bowl ad with, like, a GoFundMe (laughs) compared to Coca-Cola that just has years of money and time experience. So I think seeing that was, like, fuck, wow, this is – this is another ball game. Um, I think there's also a lot of like 
Oh, I put systematic disadvantages. Um, and how and me and Janae we were talking about this today. This isn't that funny. We were just talking about how like basic white mediocrity will always get rewarded over like you being amazing. And I think we see that a lot in the podcasting world. Like you having a celebrity status, especially like a white average person. Anyone can say what they want, but Taylor Swift is only marketable because she is average and white. Like that's I'm sorry. There's that's not even debatable in my opinion. She maybe can put out some poppy tunes, but she's not doing anything more than like the average pop star. She can't really dance. She looks like very average. Like you will always be marketable and have more following when you can appeal to an average white audience because they can relate to you. Um, and if white people disagree with that, then ask who your favorite person is. You love Kim Kardashian because she looks like everyone else and you could look like her. You could pay to look like her. <laughs> so uh, just seeing that, how that feeds into podcasting too, just like, I'm sure advertising and book deals and we had Bacola talk about influencing and how like basic white people get rewarded for that too. Um, and unexpectedly, like now, like I said, I have a full-time job in podcasting, which I don't think I've ever would have like set out for that or expected that. But after a weird pandemic, this is where I am. And yeah, I'm very grateful for it. Um, my expectations versus reality. Um, I think very similar to um, Kia, like you go into it kind of thinking, and I think I think I always went in with this, like it would be great if we popped off and that would be like low key, that's a goal, but if it doesn't happen, not that big of a deal. And then realizing that the people who actually have popped off a good majority of them like either went out on a limb and quit their job and made podcasting their full-time job or they already had following or they were already financially very well off. Um, And if you don't have those things, it's really, really hard to become big. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Something else that just kind of like an epiphany that I've been having recently is that if you're not going to do something fully, then maybe take a backseat on doing it at all. Um, when it comes to things that you're passionate about, things that you like doing and, and things that um, you want to do for work. Um, I think it can be hard working in a team environment when you feel like you're not giving your all and that makes you doubt yourself. Um, and I definitely learned that working on this podcast because a lot of times I feel like Kia and Amari, you guys were running circles, fucking laps. And I'm like, y'all, it's hard for me to even lift a finger right now. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I feel like I just went on a tangent, but yeah. No, but I feel like that's very real. And I think like in, in like reflecting and stuff, you also have to remember, like, I was able to do a lot of shit because I was in grad, full, grad school for two years, was not working a full-time job, and then I made my thesis about the, po- the, like, the podcast. So, like, I had to make it, like, my whole my whole thing for a bit. And I, I mean, I, I did really enjoy it. Um, but I think in working, uh, again, like, this past year and a half, I've been, like, hit like a truck with like what it is to work full time look at your computer screen all day and then like know that after you get off the computer you're gonna have to go back and do some stuff it's it is hard and so like I I definitely relate to feeling like you're not like um giving it your all but also to like reevaluate where your energy 
is best placed I think just because like, you have such little energy so it's like just being more intentional but um I think accepting the fact that like maybe it was time to walk away from the podcast was like really hard and like a discussion I like was very scared to have I like had to remind myself like the whole reason I started was just because like I wanted to chat with my friends and like that's not gonna change like I'm gonna still be uh, maybe I'm very not at this moment as active as I was in our group chat, but I'm still going to be in group chat talking to y'all and like, we're still going to be talking. So I think that's like something that like gives me, um, comfort. And I think it's like, kind of like what you guys said, it's like grappling with like the fact where I was like, I think I kind of knew after like our last break where I was like, uh, I think they probably don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> and, which is okay. So I was like, well, let's reevaluate some things, but I think it's also like yeah it's it's sad and it's sad that we don't have like the energy or time like we used to and it's sad that we didn't like you know in my head get to this like glamorous like you know my goal was like fucking quit corporate job and just do this full time obviously um and and of course that's sad but then I think it's also just like like yeah I've grown so much as a person in my 20s because I will always grow as a person but I think like having this podcast like just change so many things in terms of like like I said like learning more about like black people and then you know learning more about working with the team or like accepting the breaks or stuff like that so it's like I've gained so much more in reality afterwards and like even having this job or like being closer to like Janae especially since you've like moved here um because like you know we've met at Vice when this podcast first started and like we could have easily just been like just work friends but now it's like no, you're, like, one of my best friends here and, like, just, and you know, in general. And it's, like, there's just gaining so much more versus, like, what you've thought you would have. But I think that's just, like, kind of, like, reshaping, you know, things in your life where it's, like, no, actually, I'm, like, really grateful. And I feel like even, even when it's, like, sucky things where I'm, like, damn, like, this sucks that this is happening now, but I've had, like, you know, 24 X amount of years for this to be good. So it's just, like, reshaping, and I think, like, this ending is kind of, like, helping with that, too. Yeah, I will piggyback the piggyback um, that this has been an amazing ride, and although our podcast didn't end up, you know, becoming the top listen to podcast Um, we still got to people, people still heard us, people still talked to us and interacted, people still sent us thoughtful messages about how our podcast has helped them. And on top of affecting other people, I think we've all affected each other. I think we've all showed each other what it's like to work with a team of people that care and what it's like to feel valued and heard, you know, starting this podcast I started it when I was in a a terrible relationship where I did not feel heard, where I did not feel appreciated. And then having a working relationship with you guys and Rachel and having experiences. And I know I seem like I'm so able to talk to people and so able to do things and be out there, but it's really hard for me to disagree with people. It's really hard for me to say, I don't want to do this, or I don't like this, or I don't think I have the time or energy to do this. Like, it's really hard for me to do that. And that's why talking about the book deal, it's so funny. It only illuminates how hard it is for me to tell people, for me to disagree with people. Um, And this experience 
has really taught me the value in having disagreements with people, the value in having tough conversations, the value in the growth that's there in sharing in being vulnerable and saying what you like and what you don't like. This has been a very transformative experience for me. So yeah, I'm getting a little choked up, but I'm Aww. done talking. That was actually very beautiful today. That was. Thanks. I literally had no idea about this book too. I was literally like, da 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 da. I was stressed. I was. That's I really funny. Kia sending bombs in the group chat, and then you're. And I then know. <laughs> Not about the book deal, though. Away. No, no, no. I was like the book deal. I don't remember feeling it strongly about that. Like I remember being like, this would be really cool. But then I was like, once you, like, I think once you said, like, oh, I'm talking with my parents, I'm like, oh, there's a chance it's probably not going to happen. So I was just like, oh, whatever they want. But, like, I didn't know you were, like, freaking out about the, the book deal. I was pressed. I was freaking out. <laughs> I think I lost some sleep, too. Like, I was, oh my God. I was freaking out. I really was. I really was. I play it cool. Oh. But, guys, I freak out a lot. I freak that's, out. No, that's I crazy. It- I think it just goes back to like the like what Kia said earlier is like realizing like not everyone like thinks the way you think or like not everyone is like experiencing the situation the same way you are. So it is just like interesting to like hear you like I could like I sense that you were stressed, but like I don't think I understood the extent. I mean, um, so yeah, yeah. I think I have the opposite problem where I'm like, especially at work. Hopefully no one hears this, but I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> okay, now we're on to hope for the future. What are your goals after this podcast? It doesn't have to be Whoa. like work. It's just in general. I'll go. I'll go. Um, so, okay, wait. I jumped to go and now I'm like, let me organize my thoughts. <laughs> so. I want to be more um, financially literate. That's a goal. Um, I want to just work on being more open with my communication and sharing. As I was saying before, I think, and as Amari, you pointed out, everyone experiences things differently. And I think I come off as cool as a freaking cucumber, but I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm not. And I think I don't share that with people. And then they continue to think that I'm cool. But I'm not. But I am cool. I am cool, but I'm not. So working on sharing more of myself and my life. Um, continuing, 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 continuing to move up in my career. Um, I've been doing a lot of on-camera work over the past year and a half, two years. Um, and just continuing with that, I'm also... Kind of like, do I need to, I, I don't know what I need to do next to stay relevant if I need to develop my own presence on social media or just continue to climb up the uh, corporate ladder. I'm really not sure what that looks like, but either way, continue to climb high. Um, figure out if I still want to live in New York City, um, get a man. I, th- I think that's my list. I'm sorry. I feel like it's not the most like structured or Ooh, like it doesn't have to be fantastic list. But I just want to live life, be happy, make money and like eat cake. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> eat cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I want to go before Kia because I feel like Kia's will be like a nice round. <laughs> yeah, like we'll sandwich. I don't know it. about like, that, but okay. I feel like it'll be good. I feel like it'll be. I think it'll be like optimistic and uplifting. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> after the podcast, I think in general, like I just want to slow down. I feel like the past year there's been like for me a lot of change a lot of things that have made me feel like unsettled internally and I think it just makes me want to take a step back get off my computer and just like spend as much time um with the people I love uh as much as possible and I think like I think it's interesting is that like I've I've reached a point in my career where I do make a certain amount of money to be like dumb comfortable for my age um and it like I thought I would be I am happy about it but it didn't film me the way I thought it would film me and I think that's like something that a lot of people reach at some point and I was like okay like this is confirmation that like I can refocus my energy on stuff that's like really important um because I feel like at the end of the day like what makes me happy and like what I get value from isn't monetary so um yeah that was not depressing at all yeah (laughs) no can I side note jump in real quick yeah yeah I realized earlier this week that I really do love what I'm doing right now and I really do like my job and I just had like this crazy epiphany where You know, I've had so many moments at my job where things happen and I'm just rubbing my toes together like and this this is what I use to describe a certain amount of comfort and happiness. I don't know if you guys ever have it, but like when you're just watching something real feel good and you're just in your bed between the sheets and them toes are rubbing together. They're just like dee 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 dee. And I've had so many moments at this job where I felt that way. And I'm like, I hope my life continues to go in this this direction where I have experiences and jobs and I meet people that make me like, life, she's cute. She's pretty. Yeah. So yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Um, What did I put? Oh, actually, I, I thought this was interesting. How I said in the beginning how I didn't like breaks and how me and Amari are very different. Me and Amari put the same thing because I said I wanted to rest for a bit. So that was very similar. Look at that growth. Full circle here. Okay. (laughs) I said that I wanted to rest for a bit. Um, Yeah. I I felt like this year was a lot and it was great a lot. There was a lot of new changes. Um, Had this apartment. Didn't understand how expensive it was living alone and doing everything for this apartment because I'm like everything costs a lot of money in this bitch um but I'm very proud <laughs> I got there so that just took a lot of time this year and just adjusting back to my life of like not being with my parents to being here in a new relationship like all those are changes so I, I'm, I'm excited for the next year to like be invested in those changes and like flourish in those changes where it's like okay this is just a natural part of my life right now um I said new adventures. I, again, not monetizing adventures, but the adventures I've always wanted to like, um, 
like do singing or dancing classes, which I've talked about. So it's like, okay, finally, now that everything's wrapped up, I can like maybe pursue that. Um, always like was interested in like writing a TV pilot. That'll probably come later after my rest period. Um, and then I always was interested in like doing a local comedy show just because I love comedy and I, I think that's like a nice community thing. And I've also like been then feeling the need to like do some volunteer opportunities. I feel like I'm like always saving and have these goals. Um, but I feel like I want to try to give back. That's not just like a monetary thing, like, like maybe my time or energy and some stuff like that. So there's a lot of things I want to do. Um, now that it's going to be January, I'll probably hibernate scrapbook a little bit, but yeah. And honestly, like when I think about like future full time, it's interesting that you you guys kind of brought up your careers because I just don't really think about that anymore as much as I should. But I'm just kind of like this is the first time where I'm like I don't really have a plan. Like even next year I don't I don't know what the plan is going to be. I don't know what the plan is going to be in six months Hon- honestly. Honestly, I think that's a good thing because it's kind of not because I'm like bitch you should have a backup plan. No no I honestly, <laughs> no I honest no I think it's not a bad thing one because I have made so many fucking plans this year that have all gone to shit because life just like gets in the way and I realized that like oh wow I put like so much thought into planning this stuff and like none of it happened and I think it also leaves room for more serendipitous things to happen like you may not have a plan but maybe someone out there has a plan for you and is looking at you and will like offer you a job or something I don't know yeah that's interesting you say that because literally I was talking and I was like I want to be in my era of like I don't know. I always remember advice. Like people were just like, I just got this opportunity. I like, and they were all kind of like in their late twenties. And I was like, fuck, when is that going to happen to me? And I'm like, I want to be like blindfully, like even more blindfully optimistic than I am, but that just someone will just be like, and granted, this is actually how I got most of my jobs on LinkedIn. Someone messaged me, but I'm just want like someone to be like, Hey, I think you're great. Here's an awesome opportunity. And I'm just like, honestly, just mindless, like mindlessly doing that from here on. And I'm like, I don't know whatever happened. I'm not going to freak out about it. I think also once you get laid off, like from everything, you're just like, fuck, whatever. So I think I'm kind of just like, eh, whatever happens, happens. Hopefully it's good. But I want According- someone to just give me that. <laughs> I was watching uh, the latest episode of, or the latest, whatever, Oprah interview with Quinta Brunson, and they mm. both said, like, their lives, like, changed dramatically for the better career-wise at the age of 32. So maybe there's something with 32. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting, an mm. interesting age. But I definitely do think, like, even if you're not checking for things, people, things are checking for you. I will also highlight, 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 highlight that we are so accomplished and have done so much at so young. So really you going into things blind is fine. Like I I think sometimes we forget, just like I was talking about earlier in this episode where like I have the, you know, my company card, my company's um, uh, uh, (laughs) password information to so many social (laughs) accounts, like, I think sometimes it's easy to be, or we kind of are still left in this mindset of being 23 or 22 or 24, where you're like still young and you're a kid and you don't know what's going on, but like, you're not there anymore. It's okay to be like, "Mm, I don't know what's next. It's even okay to get laid off from a job. Like, okay, it's scary. Yes, I know. But 
we're so accomplished and have such stacked resumes that we can literally go anywhere and do anything and still be that bitch. And that's just on period. Like I want to feel that way. I just know me. that there's like so many media just sucks sometimes. And you just know that. Like, oh, media racism sucks. and stuff. But right. I feel sucks. like now is not now is like a very poor time uh, between like the tech whatever yeah like whatever twitter is whatever's happening with all these you know big tech places but i i do think it is very cool that like you know three black girls from like these white ass country towns with the big dreams made it out did the shit and like are thriving and i think thriving Uh, i think that's very very cool thriving and we're not even 30 we are not even 30. That's true. We're not even 30, bro. We're still in our, sorry, I'm screaming. We're still in our 20s and we're do, we're running laps, laps around some people who have been trying to get where we are for years. That's true. That's just on period. You can't that's tell a, me no a, difference. Yeah, no, that's a great, yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm going to keep telling myself that. It's, it's hard. It's easy to not know that, especially when you're dealing with like stupid bullshit every day. Um, yeah. and people are trying to make you feel like you're not that, but it's like, no, actually you're right. I do run laps around you hoes and I will be blind going forward and something will just <laughs> fucking fall out of the sky. Cause yeah. that's the way it's supposed to happen. When uh, something that I've been like holding on to clutching, clutching for the life of me. Remember when you were like in high school and you were like, I'm never going to get into college. Ah! Then no, you got bitch. into college. <laughs> well, okay. We well, maybe we're just I was not a dummy. What? <laughs> well, okay. You guys are overcomplicated. I didn't have but... I didn't have high expectations though. It's not like I was shooting for like Harvard and NYU. I was like, I want to go to LA because it's warm. And my mom was like, No, that's far. Pick a state school. And I googled, <laughs> and here we are. Well, like, I don't have my aspirations. Let me continue with the point. It's beside the point, Kia. I know, I know you felt this way, though. Remember when you were in college and you were like, oh, am I going to get the internship? You yes. got the fucking internship. Remember right. when you were in college and you were like, am I going to get a job? I'm going to be homeless. Ah, you got the job, right? And it wasn't what you expected it to be, but you still, you still got the job, right? I'm shocked I even got that job. Remember when you were at the job and you wanted a promotion or you got laid off from the job and you were like, what's next? I'm never going to have a job again. I'm never going to be successful. What's going to happen? It fell into place. Remember when you were looking for the apartment and you were like, I'm, I'm going to be on my parents' couch forever and I'm going to be homeless. You got the apartment. Remember when you were looking for the man and this is where I'm at right now. And you're like, I'm never <laughs> going to find the man and I'm going to be the bridesmaid and never the bride. Ah! And then you find the man, you know, like, yeah, no, you're right. Like, you're it's going right. to happen because you're great and you've always done the work for it to happen and you're going to continue to do the work. So it's gonna oh, happen. I'm gonna replay it's this just a matter I'm of time. Your babes. I'm in a ridiculously positive space in my life right now. No, this I think is great. I love it. It's Sagittarius season. It's 28, and it's about to be Capricorn season. Let's go! <laughs> I honestly, I think that this is like 28 going into 29. Like this is. Ooh, I'm about to be 28. In... What day is it? Hey. Hey. <laughs> my birthday's the 19th someone do the math I'm, I'm really we already went over this we can't do math Kia we can't. 
<laughs> it's a month and a half, I think. I don't. I mean, a week and a it's half. In 12, what's in twelve that? days? Yeah. What's today? Fuck. It's well, twelve days. Twelve. Yeah, the twelve. Days. Twelve days. You bitch will be twenty-eight. Let's go. <laughs> I'm excited to see what everyone else is seeing. Not you, Amari, but like. <laughs> Amari, you're like one of the yo- only people that are younger than me. You and Jake. <laughs> like, yeah, the only Amari. two people that hang out. I'm like only a few months behind. I know. <laughs> no, I'm excited I, to see the 28. 28 is great. And you know what? I'll say for you hoes not doing work on yourselves, this is not for y'all. But for hoes not doing oh, work that's on so yourself, true. it might not be great. But guess what? I've been doing the work. That's actually a good point. I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign that because I will say if I was a, just a dizzy bitch in my twenties and I didn't do anything, bitch. yo, I would be. This is not mean. This is not we mean. Were, no, I, I just think it's funny that we were gonna end on such a sweet sentimental note to wrap it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <you're> not <laughs> because people need to know. Listen, you don't get the benefits of life if you don't put in the work. Because there's some exactly. people that we know our age that are not feeling the same way they do. They just go through life. Life, being a average being bitch, dizzy. being yeah, dizzy, dizzy bitch. having low standards, and you yeah. do not get the reach of benefits. But yeah. will I say that the mid twenties was hard? Preach. Fuck yeah! Preach. A bitch was in her parents' apartment, Preach. homeless with no man. Of course, I was sad and lonely. But did I have to do the work? Absolutely. Hey, so yes, absolutely. you dizzy bitches do not get the benefits unless you Come do the work. This now? is what you feel. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. This is actually a motivational speech. If you want to have a good life, don't be a boring bitch. Just don't. Don't. Do at least an ounce of work on yourself each year. Just an ounce. Just a book. That's all I'm asking. You know what's an iconic saying. Iconic <laughs> saying. <laughs> you guys are going to look at me like, what's wrong with you, right? I'm, I'm excited. Going left. What are you going to say? I'm going left. Not so, hurting this water bottle. <laughs> It's the water that has the power, okay? She, she's gassed up on hydration. <laughs> I'm gassed on hydration. But I was a huge fan of Girls, Lena Dunham's show back in the day. I know, Lena Dunham's trash, whatever, whatever, whatever. But there's this iconic moment. Lena Dunham finds out that she has HPV, right? And then one of the other characters in the show, like, she was really sad about having HPV. And one of the other characters in the show, who's a little bit more pr- promiscuous, was like, don't all adventurous women have HPV? And it, I don't know. It just That's stuck with true. me. She was like, all adventurous women do. And I'm not saying I don't have HPV, but all... <laughs> I don't either, but like, it's all, a good point. I know what you're saying. All adventurous say. women do. All adventurous women do. All adventurous women are sad at a point. All Because everyone, women... everyone has HPV eventually or like a herpes simplex one. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? The, okay, the HPV and the herpes simplex one is a metaphor for yeah. the sadness and the shit in life and the struggle. All adventurous women do. This made no sense. No, it makes sense. If you're, if you're like a boring bitch that doesn't like fuck anyone, <laughs> but you're like 17-year-old boyfriend and you guys eventually get married, sure. You might not have HPV or herpes simplex one. But, you know, if you're trying out some dudes <laughs> before you get married... And now you know, hey, I don't want a boring ass life. I've done all this stuff and I get to read the benefits now. You might have some HPV on the way. But the you point might. is you have the good life at the end. And that's exactly. what we're trying to say. That's what we're trying to say. I'm not yes. saying get HPV, fuck everyone you know. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. You got to be a smart bitch to be with us. Okay. The girls are going to get it. You know what I'm saying? Keep up. Keep, Keep up. up. 
Keep you guys up. need to keep up. Keep up. <laughs> and you're like, everyone's like, I listen to Sufficiently Black. We all have HPV. <laughs> I know. They're like, oh, they have HPV. We know they have HPV. I don't. I swear I don't. I swear I don't. I, don't. I swear I don't. I, ha- I, got, boring, I got the Gar- Gardasil shot when I was me 12 too. and 13 years old. My mom made me do it. Thank you, Paris. My Thank mom Paris. made me do every shot there is. I've had it. Yeah. Any shot you can think of. Okay. That was great. We, I love this episode. Need, yeah, this was great. We need to move on, though. Okay, so I was going to do favorite episodes. Um, a Spotify rap, fun stuff. We the, also have an Am I the Asshole. I'm just going to introduce. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Um, so according to the Spotify, our top episode is actually episode number three on interracial dating. I don't know why everyone loves this episode. I feel like this has consistently really? been the top. But you guys really like that. Um, we are in 26 countries, by the way, internationally listened. We are up 41% listeners from last year. Um, we're the top podcast for 32 people. Thank you. The top five podcasts <laughs> for 163 people. And top 10 podcasts for 254 people. That's more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Our personality, our listeners' personality is the venture. Um, the listeners will venture out into the unknown, searching for a fresher podcast and gems yet to be found like ours. And then I think I asked people, I don't know how to work Instagram, so I don't know how to do that <laughs> unless no one responded. But let's see on Twitter what people said. Oh, shit. How do I do this? Um, uh, someone said episode 78, upgrading your career and love life. And Hoochie Daddy Summer was the favorite Aww. episode. So, yeah, that's what I have for the socials. Thanks, guys. Janae, on okay. to you, ma'am. Hold on. Reddit is taking a second to load. Like, come on, girl. We don't have all day. Get to it. Come on. There we go. Okay. Am I the asshole for... Oh, my God. They deleted the post. Oh! They must be the asshole. Mm, Probably. Well, basically... Do you remember the scenario? Yeah, I remember the scenario. Uh, This woman who is living in India was asking if she was in the airport at India and there was a man behind her asking if he could go um, ahead of her because his flight was leaving in 20 minutes. And she said, no. She's basically asking, am I the asshole saying like, it's not my fault that um, you didn't plan properly for your flight. And backstory, more backstory, she was saying how as a woman living in India, there are just a lot of, it's a lot of patriarchy. There are a lot of entitled men. Um, and that that entire day, she was basically being shoved and pushed aside by a lot of men. And then she gets to the airport. She's been waiting in line for X, Y, and Z amount of time. And then this random man taps her on the shoulder and was like, hey, can I cut in front of you? I have 20 minutes left for my flight. So. What's one person going to do? Like nothing. Yeah. Just let him go. He still has like a whole bunch of people to probably potentially ask the same question to who are going to say. No oh, I was actually family. thinking the opposite. I was saying, what's oh. one person's going to do for that guy? Like, is he really going to get further if he cuts her? I don't know. But you but you saying no potentially gets in the way of him 
having the chance to get personally if i know i have time before my flight she had an I'm hour gonna make it and i'm gonna make <laughs> it versus <laughs> someone who has yeah versus and she lied minutes she lied go ahead and said, i'm cut i'm cutting it it close to my i'm flight sorry this is hour. actually low-key hilarious though yeah that's why i picked it i figured it was funny low she better stakes. be careful because the next time she needs a random act of that's kindness true. it's not the, gonna happen the, yeah i probably i probably would let them go just because karma because you never know yeah. maybe one day you're stuck in traffic and then you're you have to be that person it also depends is it a white person not gonna lie you may call me racist but reparations, I take them where I can because I never got any. So I might fuck up that white person's day just because. Not gonna lie. I, this makes this makes me think I do have limits. There is one thing I will not do, and is my top top irritation when it comes to traveling <laughs> is that when people get seats that are not convenient for them, and then they want to ask you to switch. No, no, sir, I am not switching my nice aisle seat for your back end middle of the row seat. No, not no. doing it. Yeah. That's, that's not, a that's lot of audacity, honestly. That's I where think I draw the line of kindness. <laughs> switching the seat, draw the line of kindness 100%. But this situation, let, let him go. Some, uh, let him go. I but mean, also, that's, that's let's a give her a little thing. credit. Let's give her a little credit. Maybe she, I feel like, you know, you have those days where you're like, everything is not going right. And then it's like, if she was getting shoved by men left and right, she's probably just mad at like all men in that moment. So I'm not yeah. going to judge her for that because it's like that. I'm not saying it's right, but it's like that that shit is annoying. You know, we all had that. Like when Trump won, did I want to talk to white people all day? Absolutely not. <laughs> you could have voted for, you know, Hillary, but I'm going to be pissed at all white people that day. So maybe she was just having that type of day. I just and, and I do think that that's fair. She was a white woman and the guy behind her was a white man, actually. Um, and they in India. Nah, both of y'all. I just feel like it's giving colonizer for it is. And I feel like for karma reasons, just be nice. It's not that big of a deal. We've and it, I think it's really unfair to be like, well, he didn't prepare for his flight. You never know. There what have happened? been. I have been traveling every single solitary month this year. And there have been times where I have planned far in advance and ended up narrowly making it. And there have been times where I was last minute as fuck and sat there waiting for so long. Like you just really never know. You never know. There are a lot of factors that go into stuff. And the thing is, I think too, is that, I don't know, like, like (laughs) I'm so emotional now lately that like, Anytime anyone shows me the smallest act of kindness, I like essentially cry. And I think that's something that I think back to like when I'm like, like when those random instances happen to me, I'm gonna just like do something because you also don't know like that could mean a lot to someone else based off of the day they're they're having. So like she was having a bad day, he could have been having a bad day and that shit could have like spiraled him. Mm -hmm. So I think we all just need to like be, have a little bit more compassion yeah. yeah and if it's yeah. 20 minutes versus an hour like i feel like also like throw him a bone what's the issue like i'll never understand people who it almost seems like their intention is to make other people have a bad day like not saying this was her intention but you know the type of people like you work with and you're just like why are you doing the most mm-hmm. like like we all have to come here and work we all have to be here why not just make it a better life and that goes for the grocery store we all got to be in this bitch why are, why are you making it harder for all of us we all got to exist in this world. We all got to drive. We all are going to be in the road. Like, let's just stop being dickheads just for fun. Please. Yeah. A lot of y'all need hobbies. Jesus Christ. 
And that's, I think that's my biggest thing with the situation where it's kind of like, I understand that you're having a shitty day, but making someone else's day a little better, doesn't that make you feel better? Being like, you know what? I helped this guy out, makes you feel a little better. I have an hour. Like, it's not that big of a deal. That was so, a good one. And and at the, end, at the end of it, she actually wrote like, uh, I'm going to reflect on my actions now because everyone was clearly like, you're the asshole. And she was like, you know what, after writing this and seeing people's comments, I think I have some work to do on myself and I think I have some reflecting to do. Like, thank Ooh, you guys for being honest queen. with me. I was like, yeah. She, self-awareness, she but she didn't keep that shit up. No. She threw Listen, herself God's working on all of us. <laughs> she can get there. We talked about it. She might get to, to the journey we're talking about, okay? Self-awareness is step one. She threw herself a little tantrum and the internet was like, girl, you're doing the most. And she was like, all right. All right. Listen, most people won't even do that. Most people just be like, y'all are stupid, and then keep going. So I yeah. kind of give her credit, honestly. She still deleted the post, though. So clearly Oh, that's whack. Post. She was probably getting dragged. No, I think she was getting filleted and was like, I'm going to delete this post. <laughs> Listen, it happens to the best of us. I think homegirl got filleted. <clears throat> but anyway, that's it. Well, any last words for our finale episode, ladies? I'm going to miss y'all. Not not y'all, because I'm going to be talking to you, Janae and Kia, but I'm going to miss the listeners. Yeah, for sure. And maybe I'll put it out there now. Reunion episode in one year. Listen, keep following the feed, guys. Keep following I'd us on down. socials. Keep following the feed. You might give, you might, we might feel a little happiness and joy and sprinkle it your way. So just keep up with us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I will say thank you guys. Uh, a million times a bajillion anyone that's ever listened to one episode people who have listened to mm. all the episodes um thank you guys so much it means so so much um i think it's a lot to just like do a side hobby or or any type of side hustle and, and have people support it. it it really means so much more than you can imagine so thank you guys for just being on this journey listening to us supporting us i really 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 appreciate it you said that perfectly kia stole the words out of my mouth thank you guys awesome. so much for your support and love well Janae do you want to say your lines before we leave are all hearts and minds cleared before we close out yeah okay <laughs> bye we didn't see the outro but I guess uh, it's okay <laughs> yeah it's okay. I think it's okay. I think it's okay Bye. to follow us. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>